0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. This morning I'm going to be talking about beauty treatment. Um, most people love getting pampered, having beauty treatments, right? We usually think it's something good, right? Look forward to it, getting pampered. But it's not always that pleasant. I've had some things done to me that wasn't so pleasant. Like, you know, electrolysis, I don't know. Have some of you had some issues with facial hair and having to, you know, electrolysis, that makes your toes curl a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I, I did want to share one thing before I enter, get into that. Um, when we were on the, um, the travelling up, we we talked to some people as we do, and uh, we spoke to this young boy. He was actually in foster care, and um, he didn't. Um, he he heard a little bit. He's been to a Christian school, but he hasn't. Um, hasn't really understood much and, and he wasn't treated very well, apparently, in that school. And so he was a bit turned off, but we enlightened him about a few things. And uh, we told him about how to get saved and, and he asked this question, which we've never been asked before, and I thought it's a really good one. He said, how do I know if I believe? Because, I said, you know, we said, well, you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to confess with your mouth. And he said, "How do I know if I believe? And because believing is something we all got to do, I thought it 's a really good subject, a good thing to do, to ask. And I said, "Well, it starts with a choice: you choose to believe that 's all we can do at the very start. We choose to believe, so as we hear the word, we can choose to receive and choose to believe, okay because everything in the kingdom is about believing without believing." it's all going to fall flat on the ground, right, okay, back to the topic um, getting beauty treatment the Bible says in revelation nineteen seven it says do we wait for it to come up? Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and a bride has made herself ready. See, though Jesus is coming back for the glorious bride. He's coming back for the spotless bride. He's coming back for the bride that's uh, without spot or wrinkle. And so this is where the beauty treatment comes in because most of us, we still need a bit of work done on us. <laughs> Including myself, uh, we all got a, We got a bit of work to do, anyway. So Esther is a really good pl- example to go by. So let's turn to Esther two three. Esther, um, who was a um, a orphan, and and the um, sorry, I'm trying to now find it, and struggling to find it. Um, yeah, Esther, she was an orphan, and Mordecai. Uh, raised her. Now when Esther, uh, when um, the king uh, had a party and, and his queen didn't show up when she should have, um, he, they decided that it would be a good idea to gather a whole lot of uh, beautiful girls about town and uh, and see who would measure up to the position. So Esther was also brought in. And, um, and so that's where the beauty treatment comes in. So in 2-3, uh, And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, into the women's quarters and under the custody of Hege. The king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given them. So there was a, uh, a preparation before they were even considered to be um, uh, accepted by the king. So they weren't. You just don't just take someone off the street and okay, you know, um, maybe give them a bath and and you're good to go. No, there was a period of preparation, and that's the same with the church. We need preparation. Um, so. Um, the preparation was, let's go down to, each young woman's turn came to, oh okay, before that. Uh, so it was when the king's command decree were heard and when many young women were gathered in Shushan, citadel under the custody of Haggai, Esther also was taken to the king's palace into care, Haggai, and custodian of the women. Now the young woman, young woman, she was the one, pleased him. So what was it about Esther that, Seem to have stood out um, to to, to the, this custodian. It would have been something God did it, or and not only that, but also the fact that she was uh, she didn't just have external beauty because a lot of times we look at uh, look at people and we see the external beauty, but we miss. The, uh, the core of their being and which is character more than anything else. So uh, Esther not only had external beauty but she had internal beauty. Now there were many women that were called in to that um, into the pa- into not the palace but into the custodians quarters to have these beauty treatments but uh, Esther got favor. So I won't read it all because it, um, yeah. But uh, I will tell you about it. Esther had favour with uh, with uh, the custodian. Now the custodian, we could look at that as the Holy Spirit, who um, who uh, who is our custodian, right? So he's the one that brings us into that beauty treatment, and so she had favour. So he, she was not only um, uh, favoured in a way that. Um, that he, he gave her extra beauty treatment. Now, who would think that would be a good thing? Getting extra beauty treatment. So, she got extra beauty treatment because, he, she, uh, because the custodian that had, had looked upon her with favour. And not only that, then she also was placed into the best part of the um, place it wasn't a palace because at this point it was just a place where they were having their beauty treatment there was different parts in the in that whatever palace i don't know what to call it anyway so th- she had a special place and she also was given the best maids there were seven maids she was given and they were the um, so the best so who you are around who looks after you makes a difference so she, you know so she had she had uh, the best pl- she had the best custodian looking after who had favor towards her she had um, she had extra beauty treatments she had extra maids and she then had the best place where she was looked after and she got the best treatment and then when uh, it was time for her, when uh, the beauty treatment consisted of, um, first it was, um, uh, first six months were with myrrh. Myrrh apparently, myrrh, with oil and myrrh. Myrrh apparently is an antibacterial thing. It actually cleanses you. So well, we went on the street yesterday and we saw a man. He, was, um, he looked like he'd been out on the street for years. He looks so oh, so so and even the nails you could, they were pointy and yellow and just so grotty looking it looks like he hasn 't had bathed for who knows how long and like if you want if you wanted to clean him up, it will take quite a bit of doing i 'd say so there 's a few people like that out there, and uh, so they need some if you were to bring them in, you would need to go through a lot of um, cleansing and cleaning and purifying, external, internal, the whole thing. So so it takes time. It takes time. But uh, with Esther, it took six months... And then it was another six months with perfume. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get rid of the old. You've got to get rid of the stench. <laughs> you know, even when we come in into, um, into faith, when we come to Jesus, we don't look so good, right? Some of us might think we do, but we don't look so good. That's what I want to tell you. And I look back, and no, sometimes, you know, sometimes looking back isn't so good. Uh, when I look back, I think... I can't believe how I was. You know, you know, you look back and you go, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe how I thought. I can't believe how I talked. And I'm not sure if any of you ever kind of just had a glimpse back. We don't encourage looking back in a, in a big way. But sometimes it's good to do just to see what God has done in your life and how he's cleaned you up. Because really the truth is we all need cleaning up. And definitely when you're coming in first into the kingdom... You are you are in a bad way, and you need some serious beauty treatments. So, first thing we do is we the Holy Spirit uh, seals us, but then he, he starts to work on us, and He points His finger on some things that need some attention, you know. And, and it's not always pleasant because you go, oh, oh, I don't think that's um, that's not who I am. Oh, I don't think I, Oh, I don't think I'm a jealous person. Oh, I don't think I'm a selfish person. Oh, rejection? No, no, I'm, I don't feel rejected. Bitter? No, that's not me. Unforgiveness? No, no, that's not me either. And, but you know what? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit starts to put his finger on you, you start to see it. You start to see it. You've got to have eyes to see those things so that he can... And you have to be in a place where you can admit to it. Because you can't, nothing. He can't. He's not going to force it on you. So he can't change you unless you are a willing vessel. See, one thing about Esther was that she yielded to the process. She didn't kind of say, "Well, you know, I don't think I need this bath and this myrrh and this." other and six months of this I don't think I should have this uh, or whatever other things that were going on um, so she yielded to the process and that's what we all got to do we got to yield to the process we can't just uh, say well no you know that's that's just too offensive to me I think that's I think that's offensive that you should say that I'm a, I, I lie or I this or I that or whatever other issues the Holy Spirit points out to you uh, we have to admit to it and then we have to allow the Holy Spirit to work on it and we have to cooperate with him so it's not a it's not a one-man deal it's not it's not just you and it's not just him um, in um, so in 1 Peter 3: four it says uh, that God is a uh, the, he is about the hidden person of the heart, so he he more than is more interested in your internal than your external be, state. So that. Um so the thing is, we need to. The Bible talks a lot about it, and I don't want to go there, but uh, you know, it talks about dying to self. It talks about putting off a whole lot of things, like I was saying. It talks about um, putting on Christ, the new nature of Christ, and so that—that's the whole. That—that that is a process, but it's a lifetime process with us. We'd like to think it was a one-year deal, right? <laughs> We'd all love to jump into this. Esther scenario and have our beauty treatment finished in one year. But for us, it seems to be a lifetime process. So um, in um, 1 John 3.3, 3, it says, everyone who has this hope purifies himself. What hope are we talking about? We are talking about becoming Christ-like. That's what we're all aiming for. We are the bride of Christ. We we are going to be the bride of Christ. We are kind of the bride of Christ in waiting. Um, but there is this: if you have this hope, then it is our responsibility. It says to purify yourself. But we know none of us can cleanse ourselves. None of us can, you know. So if you just took that scripture by itself, you'd start to think, "Well, how am I going to do that? How does that work?" Uh, how am I supposed to purify myself? Uh, you can't purify yourself in it by yourself, okay? So it is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So in reality, it is the Holy Spirit doing the work, but you are cooperating. That it's just like Esther was cooperating with the custodian all that she he said to her, this is, how, this is how we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit does the work. So say you've got unforgiveness, you come to the Lord and you, uh, and you recognise you've got that. Uh, again, like we said earlier about believing, it's a choice again. You know, we choose to acknowledge we have this situation. We give it to the Lord. or We ask him sometimes, we ask him to come into the situation and to help us. So it's not like we can do it by ourselves, but we have to invite him into the situation so that can, we can work it out. Yeah, so um, in, um, in 2 Corinthians 11.2... It says, I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Now, um, this was the Apostle Paul dealing with the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church had lots of issues and he uh, he says he's jealous. I'm jealous for you, but the godly jealousy I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. So he was... He was uh, having issues because not only did the... Well, the Corinthians church... See, this is how we can't go by external. Because the Corinthian church was operating all the, in all the gifts of the spirit in a, in a very advanced way. They were, they were champions when it came to functioning in the spirit. But the thing was they had immorality. They had mixture of teachings and doctrines and and other other issues in the in the town in the place and the apostle Paul was really concerned for the church because he said you know like he said I've I've betrothed you to one betrothed you to one husband I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ he wanted them to be pure he didn't want them to be mixed up with all these other things that were coming into the church And so that was a concern for him. And he said, he was, you know, continues on. He says about how that lest they be beguiled like Eve was, beguiled in the garden of Eden. So, you know, like Eve, she was um, cheated off of her inheritance because she gave way and listened to the wrong voice. So we need to be careful whose voice we're listening to because, see, she listened to the voice of the serpent and uh, and he, all he did was really suggest that maybe god didn't mean what he said perhaps you misunderstood perhaps that wasn't exactly what god meant and so so that caused her to uh, to break god's word and, and eat of the fruit that they weren't meant to eat of and you know and you know what happened then uh, of course god came along in the garden and said oh adam where are you where are you now, what happened? It's not that God didn't know where Adam was, right? He knew where Adam was. But what he's saying is, is drawing his attention to him. Hey, you know, we used to walk together. We used to walk together. We used to talk together. We used to have fellowship together. And now there's a separation. And that can happen to us. If we, um, if we don't uh, follow follow his ways and if we don't, you know, we need to come into agreement with him. So Eve, Eve did, it went out of agreement with him, right? She disagreed. She, uh, deci- she decided to take counsel from the enemy and so she lost that fellowship. So if we don't agree, we don't, you know, if unless, uh, unless you agree with God, you can't walk with him. You know, unless you are in agreement with him, he says you can't, you know, car can two walk together unless there be an agreement, right? So, uh, so we, we need to come into agreement with God. We don't want him to have to say, where are you? Where are you? So God's really looking uh, for people who are going to agree with him and we need to go through that purification process so that we can fully get uh, Take, a, ...take the benefits, have the benefits of that relationship. Because, uh, you know, um, all these things kind of block and stop... ...and give access to the enemy and then we get to hear the wrong voice. So we need to guard ourselves against that. So the, how does the beauty treatment work? Like I said, the Word of God is the most powerful... Uh, ...powerful way to get yourself into, into uh, his presence. And uh, so every day, even though, even though you, may, you may think, you know, you've uh, soaked and you've done all this, every day you're going out into the world. Every day you're being infected by things of the world. There are voices coming in from the world. There are, there are situations, there are, there are atmosphere, there's atmosphere. So it's not just about, um, it's not just, oh, well, you know, my, I'm keeping my thoughts right, I'm speaking right. I mean, you know, I make sure I don't get any wrong into any sin. There is an atmosphere in the world that can get onto you. And we need to guard ourselves. So when we, when we come home, we, uh, you know, when we, um, in the evening we should... We start off with the Lord, but we should also end with him because we need to bathe ourselves in the word. The Bible puts it this way. Hang on, let me just turn over. Ephesians 5.26 it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing so bathe yourself in the word that's how we bathe and that's how we cleanse ourselves because as I said it's every day you get things coming on you and and you can't just uh, assume that everything's all right because it looks okay. Uh, spiritual things are, are very subtle at times. So, um, so don't get deceived and don't get fooled. And, uh, and as the Apostle Paul said, he's betrothed us uh, to Jesus as a chaste virgin. So pure and holy. You now, not to get confused, um, you are your spirit is holy already, okay? You are holy, even as he's holy, you are holy. But the whole thing is, there is a work to be done on our soul, on, our, on the other parts of us. It's not, it's, not just, um, it's not just about, you know, okay, we're going to heaven. It's about us displaying Christ all around us. And that, that, that is a working out, that is a process, Okay, so let's go to Matthew twenty-five thirteen. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. So I thought this was very interesting. Actually, a couple of um, the visions. Uh, one of the visions I've had was is like a sign that pointed, and it's had on a purity. So God's serious about us getting into cleansing ourselves. It is a real word for this season to get ourselves cleansed and get ourselves ready for the return of Jesus. Okay, let's look at the parable about the wise and the foolish virgins. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And of course, I won't read the continuation, but then, of course, when the, the foolish went out to buy the oil, they came back and they were denied entry. The door was shut and when they knocked they were told um, they were told i do not know you so they had to go so the whole thing it says and then it says watch watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour which the son of man will come so we need to be watchful but the, the thing is this we want to be the wise virgins we want to be the in this parable, we want to be the ones that have got the oil now how do we get the oil How, what is this oil? Knowing, knowing, what is knowing him? Knowing him. Knowing him is not just knowing someone. Knowing him is, the first time it's mentioned is when Adam knew Eve. And it was about intimacy. It's all about intimacy. Knowing him is not like, you know, like when it talks about the ones that, um, that, um, which, uh, was it the, Oh, can 't remember now which one, but where he says, I never knew you 'd get away from me so um, it 's not it 's not that kind of thing it isn 't about salvation, this is about intimacy, and so if you want to if you want to be in that inner circle, in that bride, then you need to be one that has intimacy with him on a daily basis. We need to we need to have that time with him. We need to come to know him, and we need to take time out during the day. I don't know if you're working wherever you're working. Uh, Lord, when you have a time to go out. Get, look at the trees. Look at the plants. Look at the creation. Look at the sun. Look at the moon. Look at those things God has created, and see Him in it. See see it as a gift. See it as something that He's given you. It's like a romance. It's really we need to see it as a romance. I am His. I am the beloved, and the beloved is mine. That, that's the kind of relationship you're supposed to have where you can then know him through his creation, through his word, through the things he does, through your experiences, all the little things that he does for you, that we acknowledge it. We don't just take things for granted and, uh, and think, oh, well, yeah, you know, oh, that was just lucky or, oh, you know, it's just whatever. But we want to we wanna recognise him as the source of every good thing and that that you have a heart-to-heart connection with him. It's not just about doing church. It's not about religion and tradition. It's about having a heart-to-heart connection with the living God, with the creator of the universe, the one who loves you, the one who died for you, the one who, who has given you everything. Lord, we just thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that that we can have that. That is such a privilege. In the Old Testament days, they would have loved to have had this opportunity to, to see what we see, to do what we do, to have the word of God like we have. And some countries still don't have that word like we have. We are so blessed to have the word of God accessible like that we have. And you know what? This is our greatest, greatest treasure from all, all the things that we have, there is nothing more precious than the Word. Did you know that? There is nothing. Nothing in your house. Nothing else. Nothing else is as, as precious as the Word of God. And you know what? People would just... oh, that In some countries, they would just love to have one page of your Bible. But this is it. See, um, the, in, in, John, in John it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. And then later down it says, the word became flesh. So the word of God is how we have a relationship with him. He speaks primarily through his word. So we need the word all the time. And you know, sometimes we think we know, but we need to know it more. There's a deeper knowing. There is a greater knowing. There is a way we can just go deeper with him. And he's looking for those people who are worshipping him in spirit and in truth, not just uh, in tradition and religion, but by the spirit of God. We are drawn into a relationship with him and he wants to know us personally. How wonderful it is to, to think that, that God... Is interested in us in such a way that he thinks each and every one of us, each and every one of you, is someone he wants to personally know in a deeper, intimate way. And he's got a great plan for your life. He's got great things ahead for you. It does have it. It can have struggles with it. Like I said, you know, sometimes this beautification process it can be a bit painful because the flesh fights us. You know, the flesh and the spirit, they war. And so we don't, it's not always an easy thing to lay down our lives. It's not always easy to follow the spirit of God because sometimes, you know, they say that salvation is free but, every, <laughs> but the rest will cost you everything. <laughs> so it could cost you everything but it's always it's worth it because when we uh, realize that this life is only very short in comparison to eternity we know that the price we're paying is nothing in comparison to what's waiting ahead. That's what Jesus said too on the cross. He said, you know, he was looking to the, to the glory. He was looking to the joy that was set before him. He wasn't looking uh, so much on what he was suffering and what it cost him at the time. He was looking to the joy that was set before him. And you think we are the joy that is set before him? How amazing and how wonderful is that? We need to remember... That uh, how Jesus sees us and he sees uh, something beautiful, he sees something wonderful, he sees uh, someone he wants to spend eternity with. How beautiful. So uh, when, you, when, you, um, when you go about your day, uh, then be conscious of his presence. Be conscious because that's how we, that's how we um, actually, the more conscious you are of his presence, the more he manifests to you. So, you know, it's like all the time, throughout the day, you can be conscious of his presence. You can, you can uh, acknowledge him. You can, you can talk, talk and, and share, share things with him just like you would to a friend. He's not far from anybody and he wants to be part of your life in a greater way. So um, I was going to um, also quickly... Have we got time? Where's the clock? Oh, okay. We could look at, we look at the virtuous woman, virtuous wife... Because that's also kind of a um, example of um, of the church. I mean, it's also it has two. You can look at it two ways. One is like yeah, natural, but the other is spiritual. Um, So we can look at that in uh, um, Proverbs thirty-one, ten. Who can find a virtuous wife? So one thing about it is apparently they're rare. They're not, there's not many around. So, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So, it is someone God can trust. We want to be someone God can trust. So, we as, as the church are the wife or the bride. And we want to be, God wants to trust us. So we need to work on that relationship that he can trust us. We do what we say we're going to do. And, you know, we're going to be where we're supposed to be. And, you know, all that kind of thing. So he wants to trust you and trust me. And um, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So we cooperate with the spirit and we work with him. She seeks wool and flax. And willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for a household. So she's, a, she, uh, she's a very diligent. She works hard and a portion for her maidservant. She cares for, for people. She considers a field and buys it from her prophets, She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arm. She perceives that her merchandise is good. So she's good with money. She's, uh, she's a good steward. And, um, and she's very astute businesswoman. And her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the dye staff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. So she cares for uh, the orphans and widows and uh, the poor. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. So again, like I said, she's a good steward of finances. She knows how to make money and she's, uh, but she is, um, she's not a, she does, a, she does it fairly. And supplies sashes for merchants, so she gives as well. She's a giver. She also rejoices in the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, so she's careful about her words. She watches her words. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. She's uh, She takes care of her own and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So the Lord... That you will be praised by the Lord. So you can see that as you being the wife, as the bride, and and uh, the Lord is pleased with you. He blesses, he, he he praises you because you are you are working well with him. You are not count. You know, it's like it, the Bible says, if you are for me, you know, if you're for me, you're not against me, or if you're against me, you're not for me. Well, you know, this one is for God and is working with the Lord. And is accomplishing the purposes of God. Does not um, does not eat the bread of idleness, her children rise up and call her blessed. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. So Lord is the Lord is looking for us to excel in, in our work, in our you know, use our giftings, use our talents, use what is given us. And he wants to see the church rise up and be a powerful church. Here be a church, that's it walks in authority and c- accomplishes the purposes of God. So so anyway, um, we'll finish up on Titus 2:13. Have, have, have I given that to you oh, or if I can find sorry. Praise you, Lord. Maybe I won't. That's all right. We'll just go. uh, So anyway, the thing is this, that the Lord is calling you. The Lord is calling you to come deeper, go further, go higher with him. Uh, Don't be afraid to allow him to do the work in you, to purify you and to get you ready because Jesus is coming back and he's looking for a, a spotless, Bride, he's coming back for a bride that's powerful. He's coming back for the bride that's got relationship with him. He's coming back for the bride that is uh, that has honor towards him, fears him, and and has that respect for him. So let us let us rise up to that new place that God wants us to come to you are moving churches let's also move in the spirit to a higher level where we can do greater things that he wants us to do yes I bless you all thank you for listening thank you so much for joining us today we hope that you've been really encouraged by today's message hello again and thank you so much for listening I really hope that message has encouraged you Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.